This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've reached the halfway point of the season, so what better time to sit down and review City's campaign so far than right now? Stick around as we give our verdict on what's happened up until the halfway stage, plus we'll give out some awards from the first part of the season too. It's Friday the 19th of January. I'm Amos Murphy. And I'm Adam Howarth. And this is the City Reports Podcast. Well then, Adam, I hope you're in better health than me, because as I uh, disclosed a moment or two before, I've got the stiffest of stiff necks. Um, there's no checking my shoulder. I feel a little bit like Calvin Phillips playing in midfield, but um, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. I, I mean, I, I've I've been in better conditions because it was my birthday yesterday. Oh, wonderful. My 20th birthday, the big 2-0 into my 20s, so we did go out, hit the town, and... Um, as uh, as you might be able to tell from the video recording, um, I'm not in my, I'm not in prime condition, but I'm I'm ready to dissect what has been a, a quite an enjoyable first half of the season so far. Um, any any itineraries to disclose? Any tips? Any um, what, a, any sort of secrets you got up to? Twentieth birthday is always a good one. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to ask my mates, not me, because uh, my my memory is rather <laughs> uh, lacking. Um, but that's the, that's the sign of a good night. So. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think I'm still personally recovering from a weekend. It wasn't even a weekend, it was just a day in Newcastle. Yeah. But um I think when you fall asleep in the kitchen at gone sort of three AM um and wake up at five AM, not really knowing where you are. <laughs> My kitchen, by the way, not anyone's not anyone else's. Anyway, um before we sort of incriminate ourselves any further, let's crack on. Um as the title suggests, as the introduction suggests as well, we're gonna be doing a little bit of a half season review because I'm sure 
most of you have realised by now. There's no action for City this weekend. Um, quickly, what have you made of this sort of mid-season winter kind of break but it isn't because there's still matches going on elsewhere and it's only one week actually where City aren't playing um it feels a little bit different to an international break and we do have that domestic football at least that Premier League action because you know League One League Two National League etc goes on during international breaks but so we've still got some football to keep us company but I don't know it's, it's felt a bit weird it's felt a bit disjointed for me anyway yeah it's felt really weird because you'd barely get anything like this to be honest like we've we had a few games um, last weekend, like five Premier League games, I think. Um, but it just feels, yeah, it just felt really, it didn't feel like a proper break. So it's just weird because mm. teams like City are always competing, especially in January. You've got the, you usually have a couple of Carabao Cup games in there. Um, the FA Cup games are spread out. But um, yeah, you used to having so many games. So when you have a break like this, it's like, I know they have the winter breaks in Germany, but even they're like a month long. Whereas here, this is, mm. like I say, it's not a proper break. So it's just, it's very strange. It's like we've, but to be to be fair, it's given us a chance to just bask in what was a great win at Newcastle, um, mm. and just look forward a bit, and the, the players can get a bit of rest and yeah, get ready to go. If you know, if to me, it feels like a bit of a a point to start afresh, almost like it's like a clean slate for the new year. Like this is a new, we're getting players back from injury. This is a new, uh, a mm. new point in the season, a checkpoint to go from. Yeah, it would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Had Oscar Bob not scored that goal, and even if Kevin De Bruyne hadn't come off the bench and and um, to, to kind of phrase done a madness at St James's Park at the weekend, you know how we'd be feeling sat here right now, having had City drop more points, having um, well they wouldn't have been able to sort of have a they wouldn't have been able to drop even further out the title race because Arsenal and Liverpool wouldn't have played. But you, you get what I mean. This weekend it would have probably meant that City would have dropped even further behind the league leaders, etc. Um, so it has been. It has been wonderful that 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 in isolation that win's excellent but just given the context surrounding it given the boost it's given City going into this mid-season break and I, and I can imagine um this isn't any sort of insider info at all but I can imagine the the atmosphere within the dressing room at least the players who probably know they're going to be sticking around past the uh the, the January transfer deadline is is going to be good because going over to although I don't know if you saw a couple of players I've had some holidays I think Sergio Gomez and Julian Alvarez his yeah. partners and, and they got away so um, it looks like they're having fun um, I, I guess we'll sort of move into the, the general conversation then and this half season review what have you made of City's campaign so far overall all competitions included you know we'll do a little bit of a, a deep dive into each and every one of them um, specifically in a, in a little moment but I don't know, even give it a rating out of 10, City season so far? Um, it's, a, it's a good question. Uh, it's been, it, there's definitely, it's a cliche, but there's definitely been ups and downs and like in, in abundance mm. really because we, th- we started the season strongly and then Rodri getting suspended was, <laughs> it, 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 it kind of exposed what City can be like with that and just how important he is to us. Um like and that obviously resulted in us getting knocked out of the Carabao Cup essentially, um. So that's one trophy mm. down, and then, uh, then but then on the, on the other hand, you know we added two trophies to the cabinet, um, and we still we could well have another add a few more come the end of the year. You know, I, I I've gone on record to say I don't, I don't think we'll do back to back travel just because I think it's just like so. <laughs> that's bold. That's bold. <laughs> it's so it's just so like freakish. It just would mm. never happen. Absolutely. Um, but. 
Yeah, it's weird because we we play we we playing. I think at, at the moment I'm quite I'm feeling quite good because Liverpool didn't really capitalize on City being as poor as we were because I think the new signings haven't all gelled fully yet. So there's still a bit of it feels like a bit of a transition year almost. I won't say transition year, but all, to to that mm. to that effect, it's it's been it's not just been the the norm from City. Like we, we've had a few games where you, we've just looked very poor, and then on the on the other hand, you know, we've had a few games where. We played really well, like you know, against United, um, and then uh, a few last month as well. Because then we had the, we had a few games in a row at home where we didn't where we didn't win. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird. But that Newcastle game, I think Kevin De Bruyne coming back has just absolutely lifted my my spirits and my confidence. If you asked me before that Newcastle game how like, to review the season, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't be giving it um, as positive a look an outlook because I think having him back is just game changer and, and like he himself is game changing that you showed it against Newcastle mm-hmm. um so to have a player that ability coming back and people mentioned him and Haaland but like the, that individually but when the fact that they're both coming back together we know what connection they have on the pitch the chemistry they have it's just going to be scary times for the Premier League I think and um I think there's almost a sense that we're we're invincible now. Now we've conquered the Champions League and we, everything else. I think we've got a bit of an invincible mentality. So I think I think um, we can still have a very successful season despite a few bumps in the road. Yeah, that, that that's nicely put. Um, rating out of ten before we move yeah, on. Yeah, I forgot so we've got the season. number. Um, I'd say right now I'm thinking about six seven, but I'll go I'll go seven. I think. Seven sounds about right. Yeah, I think it'd have been easy to sort of use the recency bias of the Newcastle game and, and you know, what is it now? Three wins in the, in the Premier League in a row. I think that's going on six in all competitions and, and say, yeah, you know, it's a seven, it's an eight, it's a, you know, let, let's not get ahead of ourselves because only a month ago we were talking about City having some major structural problems. And it is interesting. I, I, I don't want to sort of speak too soon because there's a run that is very, very similar sort of between March and April. But the context of having Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Aston Villa in a row, at least in the Premier League, is it has to be addressed because those are four in any season. Obviously, Aston Villa this season are doing well, but even still, Villa Park's a horrible place to play football. Um, those four matches are huge matches, and you're probably going to drop points in a couple of them. You might drop points in all of them. So the fact that we did have that run of form and we did go four games unbeaten, uh, sorry, four games winless in the Premier League does have to sort of be brought up. But at the same time, the context surrounding it lends itself to maybe giving City a bit of leniency and the only lost one of them as well, which is um, something that I don't think is noted all too often. Um, quickly then, we'll, we'll come back to the Premier League before we finish for part one. Champions League, I mean, there's nothing really to say about... Well, I don't know if there's much to say about it, 100% in the group. As expected, really. Um, I know it baffles a lot of opposition supporters, but you win the league you get put in pot one, or in City's case this season, you win the league and you win the Champions League, you get put in pot one. You typically speaking get a decent draw because of that. City got a decent draw. They managed to do something they'd never done before though, and that was win six from six. So um, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong here, but was the last time Guardiola did that as a manager? He won the Champions League at Wembley. Is that something I've? I feel, I feel like I read that. I feel like I read that. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like it. it. Feels like one of them pops up every year, though. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the last time City dropped points against the team in 16th that wore red, <laughs> Guardiola won the treble with Barcelona. Yeah. You know. Anyway, but um, Champions League, you know, fairly rudimentary for City, but it's always nice to get those six wins. 
yeah, I think now, like I was saying earlier, it's, we've conquered it now. So I think, yeah, Leipzig was the team that was the that they were the test because they're having a, they're having a good season in Germany and they've got a lot of talented players and that was the test and we fell behind in both games but won both and um, particularly the comeback at the Etihad was very impressive being two 0 down at half time. Um, so yeah, it's like you, you can't complain about the, the six six wins from six and I also think. When they go on about easy draws, I think it's also a case of the fact that City are so good that the draws look even easier. Yeah. Because I think a team like Arsenal, if they were put in our group, they wouldn't get six wins. I think they'd, they'd probably get like three wins a draw and a couple of losses or something. Well, because well, they, they probably had a quote-unquote easier group. Exactly, and they still yeah. managed to sort of butcher part of it up anyway. Exactly. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, we, we've been helped out having Copenhagen because... I know United struggled uh, very struggled mm. quite uh, quite badly against them, and you know they did lose to them. But um, yeah, I think we, we we've done quite well in that draw. And um, if we if we, when you're in that last day, that's when you can start to have a vision of what the what the rest of the competition is going to look like. Because mm. um, there's a few teams out there who could give us a give us a run. But um, like I was saying, I think we've just got we can beat anyone on our day. So um, a long way to go, and we can certainly. Um, achieve quite a lot. Um, the League Cup then, obviously it's now going on, what, two years since City last got their hands on the glorious Carabao. I think a, a couple of um, a couple of people within the, the squad and, and the management staff probably having a few withdrawal symptoms. Um, but it, it, I don't know, are you that bothered about it? It fell in that, like you said before, it fell in that three-game suspension for Rodri. And even still, had Rodri been available, he wouldn't have played in that game. We probably would have had a pretty much identical team. We probably would have lost to Newcastle because Newcastle at that point, although they've been knocked out now, were somewhat prioritising that competition. Obviously got to the final last year, um, fell short against Chelsea in the quarters this year. Um, ah, it's, hard, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because at the end of the season, you might look at it and go, that was an opportunity for City silverware-wise, silverware, silverware wise. Um, even though there's two strong teams in the semi-finals still, uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. However, it does clog up a lot of game time, especially now, as you mentioned before, we'd have had two semi-finals. That could have been against a Chelsea or a Liverpool. And, you know, that's an extra 180 minutes plus in the in the players' legs going into February. So I think as well, um, looking back at the calendar, given City's deficiencies, given the shortage of players at times, injuries, etc., not having that competition clog things up this year has probably been a blessing. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that about the uh, the wonderful Carabao Cup, though. Yeah, I think we've got, putting it simply, we've got a bigger fish to fry. And um, mm. I think, uh, to put all the cliches, I love the, I love the Carabao because, you know, the the fringe players can impress. And, you know, if you if you do happen to play those lower league teams, you see a few of the kids like we did against Wickham a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, and the ultimate Carabao cliche, it's that, it's that if you do get your hands on it, it's that um, little push. The silverware gives you gives you the yeah. taste for it, and it gives you the push to go and win the Premier League. That's what we did with the uh, Pellegrini in twenty fourteen and Guardiola in eighteen nineteen um, and twenty one. Well, even though the final was a bit <laughs> yeah. later, but yeah, um, I, yeah we, we've got a we've got a nice soft spot for the Carabao City, and uh, I would like to get get our hands back on it. Um, but yeah, it's it's not it's not uh, the end of the world that we got knocked out because. Mm. I think we're, we'll be a lot better off for having these extra bits of rest in January because um, the squad isn't exactly um, 
packed with the depth. So, you know, it's having, because it, 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 that's another few games for Rodri to get booked in and another few games for him to get suspended. So, <laughs> yeah. or for someone else to get injured. So, it's, I think the players will appreciate the rest and that they can give their energy to more worthy causes like the Premier League title battle and uh, eventually the Champions League when that kicks off again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think we'll look back at it and we might say, yes, it would have been great to have won it, but should City be successful this season? I think getting through that, what we're talking, October to early December spell, given how, how sort of stretched the squad was without losing that too many games. Yes, dropping points against Chelsea, Liverpool, like we've mentioned, but I think that might, we might look back at that and go, that was, that was a, Decent couple of points, who knows? Um, it's only my hunch. Um, okay, let, let's do some more in-depth chat about the Premier League before we break off for part two. And this is the situation at the moment, at the time of recording. I know there's a couple of matches for clubs in the top four this weekend. Obviously, City not in action, but City sitting second. They've played 20, so they've got a game in hand. They're currently, so no, they've not got a game in hand on Liverpool because they've got one to play. So at the moment, it's a two-point gap, 43 points for City, 45 points for Liverpool. Arsenal below them, uh, sorry, Aston Villa are below them. Jesus Christ, I won't get a job on the um, the uh, radio five live reading out the results on this showing but Aston Villa in third they've played 21 they're on 43 points like City Arsenal they've got a game in hand there in fourth 20 played 40 points um a bit of quick maths I think City can finish on 97 points Adam I'd be super shocked if the league winners including City touched I don't know, even above 95, given the way things have gone this season. But can you make a case for me? Um, Say you're playing devil's advocate, whatever you want to do. Can Liverpool win the league? Can Arsenal win the league? By God, can Aston Villa win the league? (laughs) Or are we heading for, as it usually is, a Manchester City Premier League title win in May? I think there's definitely a concrete possibility that um, you know Liverpool or Arsenal could win the league. I think... It's very. It's much more likely that Liverpool win it. You know they've been they've been in this position before, um, but and the, but they are without Salah. You know, so there's still mm. there's factors that come into it. And we're all Egypt fans this month, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, up until the final at least, because we don't want him having any sort of uh, taste of success. No, no. Um, but yeah, Liverpool have been here before. They've they they, they they do know what it what it takes to win the Premier League, but whether they have it is another question. Um, they, they they look good this season. They do look good, um, but I don't know that they're, they're not they're not at the level they were at a few years ago. And ultimately, they didn't capitalize on when City were in worse form. So that's why the gap's only two points. You know, City could come and have a big long winning streak this second half of the season with De Bruyne and Haaland back, and Liverpool will be thinking, "Oh, we should have we should have capitalized." And um, I think when we went head to head as well at the Etihad, we were the better team by quite a distance and we should have come away with the three points there and if we had we'd be top by now so um, yeah uh, I think it's. I, I want to say it's in City's hands because Arsenal I think they're a bit too emotional almost to win the league mm. they, they they just don't I don't think they have the, men, the right mentality for it like Arteta he, he's not exactly the man you want leading you in a in a title race I think he just he, he's too he's too he's got he's, like I say he's too emotional you know he 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 says too much when he doesn't need to. He, he should keep it behind mm-hmm. the scenes a bit. Um, they're always attacking officials and whatnot. Um, Villa, they've had a few dodgy results recently. They're, 
they're not serious title contenders. It's very impressive what they're doing, but mm, they will not yeah, be absolutely. in the top three coming in the season. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it's in City's hands. If if we go and find that right form and get a, a big win streak like we tend to do, then I think the title will be ours and we'll get that four, Pete. Ooh, uh, a few jitters there listening to that because it, it, we're into that category now, aren't we? Where, you know, we're, we're talking unprecedented Premier League title winning streak. Um, to sort of coin a very unused phrase, but yeah, you know, it would be a four peak for City and that, that's something to get excited about. Um, I know there'll be plenty, no doubt, Champions League or Premier League debate, but for me this season, if it's one or the other, it, it's going to be, it's going to be the Premier League. Um, I, I just wanted to point out though, before, before we do go, and I'm going to do what I do best and be incredibly contradictory here and say that that run we had about against Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, where we drew three games, stayed unbeaten, whatever, is what it is. I'm going to say, was that a problem actually? Because just looking at it now, and, and in the Premier League top five, obviously you've got City there, but City haven't beaten any of the top five this season. That obviously includes the, the game against Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium, where um, Nathan Ake's face deflection gives Arsenal a, a goal off like 0.0007 xG or whatever it was. Like the, the shot from Martinelli was flying well wide, it looked like. And obviously they get a goal late on there. But you've got the draw against Spurs at home, the 3 3. You've got the 1 1 against Liverpool. You've got the crazy 4 4 at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea. Um, and obviously the, the 1 0 defeat at Villa Park against Aston Villa. So is this, have City had a problem in big games this season? And I guess we can translate translate that over to the Champions League as well because there'll be some, hopefully, massive matches to come in that competition. And I don't know, it, it, until I see City do it this season, I'm always going to go into those matches thinking, dear me, you know, there have been frailties and we have looked fragile at times, especially when you consider what of that. We've got to go to Tottenham, um, not only in the FA Cup, but in the league as well, and Liverpool. So... I guess that's minus six points already off the total. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's definitely an interesting issue because it reminded me of last season how everyone was saying, you know, we despite winning the league, we didn't win away in uh, mm. at any of the top nine. You know, Brentford, Spurs, Villa, Brighton, Liverpool, Newcastle, United, and Arsenal. We didn't win any of those games away from home. So uh, I think it's a similar similar thing going on now. And last year, I think we. Even in a way in the Champions League, you know, we drew at the Bernabeu and drew at uh, the Allianz Arena. So I think the Etihad's got to be a fortress again. And but we, you know, the Spurs game was a bit was a bit bizarre, wasn't it? But um, and the Liverpool game, I suppose, was bizarre. Well, they both they both had their fair share of controversy. So um, mm. yeah, I think we 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 do, we do love a big game at City. You know, we've 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 we got players who step up. You know, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. These types of players just live for the occasion, um, and. I think they are ultimately the games that win you the title, I think, because it, mm. not just the, the points, the, it's just the, the mentality that, that the, if you get a win, your confidence is through the roof and it's that, it's that push towards the finish line. So, yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got games like that coming up. You know, we've got United and Liverpool back-to-back in March with Arsenal to finish off the month with Villa and at the very start of April as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting, but we're going to have to step up and really... Well, not that we need to prove our worth because you know we we we're champions in five different competitions. So, um, but yeah, we need to just remind everyone why we're so good, and you know, get get those wins, keep, and just humble the fans a little bit, you know, because we are we're champions for a reason. 
Yeah, and that, that seems like a nice place to end part one. I will say though as well, I, I totally agree. Those the City will need a couple of those big game um, wins in the second half of the season. Um, probably the ones at home more than anything, just to get that confidence boost in. But I, I, I think more than anything, it's probably the points dropped against the likes of Wolves and the likes of Crystal Palace, which will cost City more if they're obviously if they're replicated. I don't mean what's happened already, but say, I don't know, just looking quickly at the calendar, a Burnley at home. If that's a one one draw, that's an issue because mm. you can kind of ride out the the draws in the bigger matches if you do win every single game against teams below, I don't know. Eighth, for example, but we'll see. We've been there before, and like you say, um, City have the experience, so fingers crossed they can do it again. That'll do for part one. Stay exactly where you are in part two. We'll give out some half-season awards. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Um, a shout out for Wednesday's episode. If you haven't listened to it already, go back and check it out. Adam Booker, not Adam Howarth, who sat with me today, was with Ollie Kirsch. They did a little bit more on the Newcastle game, reviewing that fixture what the win meant. Does City have some defensive frailties that they have to look out for? A little bit like we've been chatting about today. But also my favourite part, uh, one of my favourite parts of the season so far in that episode, they're speaking about Sven-Goran Eriksson and his time as City manager in the 2007-08 season. Um, really worth checking out if you haven't already. A lovely little chat, lovely little insight for anybody who wasn't too aware of that. Right, okay, let's crack on then, Adam, because I want to round off today's episode by giving out some awards. And and we've got some um, prestigious ones on offer. It has to be said, they're they're all good. Um, you know, we're not going to be not going to be here slandering any of the players like I might have done earlier on in this episode. But I guess we'll kick things off with a little bit of a trivial one, and it's the the best match of the season so far. And and that's up to you. That's up to the academies to uh, interpret as they wish. You know, it can be the most entertaining. It can be the most, the, I don't know, the biggest of big wins. You know, the one that made you feel the best in terms of yes, this is. City, this is the what we do, etc. etc. Um, it didn't even have to be a city win, you know, you might choose to do it do it something else. So it's completely up to you what you go for. But what was the best city match of the season so far? I think there's been a few. There's been a few definitely. Um I I'm inclined to go for a city win because they, they are, you know, they make you feel the best, you know, the the most mm. enjoyable as city fans. Um, so we had a few nice wins, you know, wins against Leipzig and uh, mm. uh, let me look through the list here. Leipzig springs to mind away. That was quite a nice one. And uh, Old Trafford as well. You know, that was just oh, yeah, perfection absolutely. on Derby Day. That was just absolutely glorious. Um, ironically, I, I didn't actually get to see the Chelsea game, which is the eight goal thriller. 
I was <laughs> I, 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 I had plans for that day, um, which I didn't know the city were playing like when I booked it. So I missed the four, the eight goal thriller. So if you were going from that angle, it, that would probably have to be it because you know having um, I came I came out. I think I was at the cinema that day because something was in cinema for the first time in like ten years or something. And I don't, know, I don't know why I missed City for that, but um, I came out and my friend was like, it's, it finished for all. And I, I thought he was just joking. I was like, oh my God. Um, so that that obviously springs to mind as a great game for neutrals. But I think my favourite City win so far, well, my favourite game of the season so far came literally last week, Newcastle, because mm. I was just watch, I was watching it on a, on a dodgy stream, um, or very legally, I must say. Um, here at my uni <laughs> house. and legally don't <laughs> usually go together. Good point. Um, I was watching it at my uni house and just the the sheer joy when Oscar Bob scored that goal. It's just yeah. to, to win at a, at a stadium that, that tough and uh, in the last minute with your two substitutes having the impact. It, De Bruyne's goal, when he scored that, I thought that felt huge. Um, but it would have only been huge if we won it. I didn't think we were going to win it. And then Oscar Bob stepped up and did that a glorious finish after an amazing assist. So that just that felt big. I think the play. I think it felt big to the players as well. The celebrations kind of reflected mm. that. Um, and I think it's it's maybe it's maybe think that now we're in business. And um, yeah, that like I was on a high after like hours after that game. I was just singing to myself, "Champions again, ole ole." <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to go with the three two win at Newcastle. And the, and not to mention the all the all five goals in that game were. Very, very good. Top order. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That Bernardo Silva goal. Um, not that it will get the the recognition, but it could very easily be a goal of the season contender. Um, I, I think most people would probably pick that. I will offer something different. Um, I'm actually going to say, and, and I can't, I can't have imagined me saying this at the start of the season, but I'm going to say Luton away. Um, <laughs> Just because of the sort of the environment it came in, obviously Kenilworth Road was super lucky enough to have been there and, and great celebrations, wonderful, w- wonderful in sort of a different kind of way, wonderful ground, um, a unique ground for sure. But City just before that had obviously drew against Chelsea, drew against Liverpool, drew against Tottenham, lost against Aston Villa, and at half time was staring down the barrel of a fifth straight game without a win um even going into sort of the last 25 minutes or so before Grealish scored the winner so I think that felt like a big one um the frustration there I guess was the fact that we went to Crystal oh, sorry Crystal Palace came to us the week after and we weren't able to capitalize and get another three points but that felt like that 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 was a big game I think a big another big win um akin to the Newcastle one so two big come from behind wins away from home in the Premier League Guess you could probably make the case for Everton as well. Mm. Um, that that was another Fell one behind in all three of, as well. Yeah, yeah, um, a we, little bit of a trend there. It was a bit of a start, like we like first time we've uh, been behind at half time in three straight away games and won them all or something. Jeez. something I don't think it was just City. I think it was like the whole of the league. It's a it's an impressive feat to be fair. And Luton was a good like going behind to Luton. You're thinking that what's happening yeah. there, City, and then yeah, that <laughs> yeah. It, it, it it felt like a big win. Yeah, it was a cracking one as well. Um, right, okay, then we've done best match of the season so far. Let's move it on. Um, best signing for City so far this season. There's a couple to pick from. So, um, who are you going for? That's one that I'm very, I'm really struggling to answer. Um, I can rule out Mateus Nunes purely because he's not played enough yet. Mm, um, that seems fair. 
I want to rule out Jeremy Doku because he he's only he hasn't played that much really. He's had an impact, but I think a lot of his yeah. goal contributions came in that Bournemouth game. And as much as I love watching him, he's a, he's not quite like I don't think I wasn't particularly moved by him against Newcastle. I think he, he lost the ball quite mm. a lot. Um, Can be a bit hit and miss. Yeah. Um, so that leaves me with the Croatians, and I've been impressed by both <laughs> of them. Uh, Gradiol, he, he's a. He has got sometimes he doesn't look that assured defensively, but his quality on the ball is just ridiculous. I feel I do feel more confident with Nathan Ake at, um, in that position, um, but I think Guardiola for was he twenty one and he, mm. I, being that good at this age, I think he's going to be incredible. But I think my sign of the season, if I had to give you a name, it'd be Mateo Kovacic because I just he's, he's, he, I think he's quite he just he's a city player, if you know what I mean. He's like he's yeah. got the traits for the, of a pep midfielder and. Particularly the way he started his time at City, he was just like every game, he was just really graceful and elegant. And I think um, he's gone under the radar a bit recently because he's come back into form and he's, he's, I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet. He's always playing pretty well. I think the the Huddersfield game, he was really good. I, tw- I did a tweet about it, it did quite well. And um, yeah, he's just he's got a, he's just a great player, and we picked him up very cheap as well. So yeah, uh, mm. Mateo Kovacic would be my choice. Yeah, obviously experience winning the Champions League um, quite a lot of times and Premier League experience as well, £30 million all in all. Um, a little bit of a steal there. I guess I guess I'll go for the, the other Croatian then. I'll go for Josko Gvardiol and I agree I prefer Nathan Ake there and if we're starting a, a cup final tomorrow then I'd want Nathan Ake there. But I think Gvardiol's had stick that isn't necessarily justified because he's a you know I know he's come out and said that he, he can play left back and you know he enjoys playing left back or whatever but he's he's better playing as a centre back. Um look everyone's been burned by Lionel Messi professional footballers anyway. I mean you and I haven't but every most professional footballers, especially defenders, have been burned by Lionel Messi once or twice. But we saw that sort of shakiness out wide in the World Cup and we've seen it a couple of times during his career at City. But his just the way how how assured he is, and I think as well you can put into the fact that he's played so many minutes, he's clearly earned the trust of Guardiola. So mm. we've got our Croatian uh, our Croatian duo for that one. Um, we'll rattle through the positions by positions, and this isn't just signings. Obviously, this is just the whole squad. Um, a little bit of a cheeky one to start off with. Best goalkeeper. I mean, <laughs> I guess there's three to pick from, even though only two have played. Uh. I mean, I'm just thinking if there's anything worth saying really about Edison, but yeah, Edison, you know, he's, he's the only option, isn't he, really? Because if we had, if we had got through that Newcastle game, then Ortega would have had more football and maybe he'd have a different perception, but yeah, Edison. Yeah, um, again, another player who gets sort of weird stick at times, he's mm. obviously building on, on the back of last season, I think he's been immense. Um, shout out Scott Carlson too, just because yeah. why not? GK Union. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, best defender so far this season, then, and considering the sort of the topics we've been speaking about and City struggles at the back, this could be interesting. Yeah, like you say, the we have looked quite shaky at the back this season, particularly recently. You know, shipping three goals to Spurs, four to Chelsea. Mm. We just see a bit, a bit rocky, and the likes of Diaz and Walker are usually so dependable. Haven't been the ones to rely on, so it is. There's not many choices, but I'm thinking uh, either Akanji or Ake. Um, 
And I'm, I don't think Ake's been quite at his best, to be honest. I think last season mm. and season before, he was very, very, like, just at, even better than he has been this season. Um, so I'm going to go Manuel Akanji just because I want to reiterate the fact that he's just just a steal. No one, people, like, raise their eyebrows when we, when we signed him. I was thinking, Manuel Akanji, really? City? But he's just been very, he just, he, he didn't really, he didn't do anything wrong. He, sure, he's not the most glamorous defender, but he's just, he's so reliable and he, he's just, a great asset to the team. Yeah, I'd have feared for your safety, Adam, had you said uh, Kyle Walker, <laughs> given the, uh, the the recent backlash surrounding him. Um, I agree. I'm going to say Manuel Akanji as well. Um, I think he's an immense footballer. I'd, I'd love to see him play more. And that sounds crazy because without having the stats in front of me, it feels like he's played every game yeah. he's fit. But particularly in that right-sided not necessarily right back, but the way he was playing for City at the end of last season. Um, I think that's probably in this system anyway, or in, at least in City's system, because I know it's changed a little bit. And he he picked him in the position. Champions League final as well over Walker. Yeah. He was he, yeah. he, for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, enough said about Kyle Walker, I think. <laughs> um, best midfielder. Uh, and if you want to, you can say Kevin De Bruyne, even though he's played what? <laughs> four minutes there's only one man it's Rodri he, I think not just um, not just best midfielder but best player not just best player for Manchester City best player in the Premier League best player in the world I, I go that far I, I think that highly of him he's just he's just got so many strings to his bow he's just he can do it all he steps up in the mm. big moments when De Bruyne was injured he basically became a De Bruyne Yaya Torre hybrid mm. from and he's just this this big lanky Spaniard with his shirt tucked in, but he's just he's just glorious to watch. The, the man does everything, and like like I say, you know, we, we're just lucky to have him. He, he st- scores important goals, breaks up play, makes things happen. He's just been ridiculous, and I guess it's never been so evident as uh, the drop off when we don't have him because the, the 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 stats speak for themselves. You know, he's he's not lost in what is it now fifty games. Um, 50 matches for he City, is yeah. he is the man and yeah definitely the only possible choice yeah um a little voice break then <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's the 20 year old again i think that was my uh my uh my contribution there um yeah rodri is is obviously the pick for this one isn't he um and i think more than anything it's it, it's his attacking contributions like you allude to there when he isn't in the team. Um, those matches against Wolves and Arsenal, City just looked flat going forward. They just looked really, really flat. He comes back into the team. I think it's a week or two later he scores a goal um, or gets an assist or whatever it was. So, yeah, um, Rodri, the very obvious pick there. Um, best attacker then? And, again, interpret this as you wish in terms of player by player. It's up to you. But who do you think has been the best attacker for City this season? It's a weird one because, obviously, Haaland, it feels like we've not seen him in a while now, but he's still put up good numbers. Yeah. Um, but he wouldn't be the man I'd choose. I think Julian Alvarez had a better season than Haaland. Um, there was a point at the start of the season where he was just contributing to a goal every game and he's just he's back in form and he's just a great player to watch and to have, especially when Haaland's not fit. Um, but I know he's kind of a midfielder, but I, I, I feel like you can't have the... I think so far this man's been our player this season and to not choose him for midfield, I think I have to choose him because he has basically been playing an attack as well. So Phil Foden just... I, I thought you were going to say Sergio Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just been... He's just he's the man this season, Phil Foden. He, he's, he feels like mm. the last last season we, we, we didn't quite get 
what we wanted from him um, based on his previous couple of seasons. But this year, I think he's evolved even into an even better player. And I think he, he's taken on responsibilities now and um, do, doing things by himself almost. This, like Kind of akin to this type of thing Kevin De Bruyne can do with just taking the game by the scruff of the neck and making things happen and making like decisive impacts on the game. And yeah, I, I think he's been our player this season. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to say Julian Alvarez myself because I think if mm. City win anything this season, it will be down to what Julian Alvarez did in the first part of the campaign. Because obviously, you don't you don't win trophies. Well, City have actually <laughs> won trophies in the first half of the season, but in terms of the major ones, you don't win them in the first half of the season. Season typically, you um, you can lose them though. But I think the way he's adapted, specifically when Kevin De Bruyne was out, but then when Haaland dropped out of injury, he still contributed with goals. And just looking at his stats now, it's twenty three goal contributions in 30 matches across all competitions which is astonishing numbers generally genuinely astonishing numbers um finally then the last category for us today you've kind of alluded to it but you've kind of alluded to it with two different players i'm interested (laughs) to see who you go for here but um best player of the of the half season now it's up to you. You want to do it based on the half season. If you want to do it overall, that's completely your prerogative. But who do you, who would you award the the? I don't know how you'd word it. The um, player of the half season <laughs> award to a very prestigious, like I said. Um, yeah, you're right. I did kind of contradict myself there. I just think I think I was trying to say Rodri's our best player, but cause I think because he's missed a lot of football through suspensions, um, I wouldn't say he's been our player of the season. I think I would give it to Phil Foden. Um, just because De Bruyne's absence, he's playing more centrally, and like I said, I don't need to repeat myself. He just he just makes things happen and um, wonderfully gifted footballer. And last few games, he's just been the man to uh, make the impacts. And he's always he's always just uh, Phil Foden's half turns is what I live for. He's just glorious. Mm. And um, last few games, he's he's been there to uh, decide things for City and. Um, change games and make the impacts and yeah that, I needn't say any more he's just I think he's kind of a coming of age season from Foden I think he's bec- becoming a man I think he's becoming the man for City and I think that's what a lot of people are asking for at the start of the campaign um, we saw him do that cameo in the Champions League final but look he's so young um, but it feels like he's been around forever at the same time though he wouldn't have been happy starting that Champions League final on the bench and yes he'd had a sort of a, a rough couple of months with illness and injuries etc etc but it felt like this was the season for him to go and stake a claim and, and, and make sure he's a, a first name on the team sheet sort of guy and Phil Foden has certainly done that this season and for that reason I'm going to pick him for my best player overall as well um, Phil Foden because even though he's not he, he didn't get the best midfielder for me he didn't get the best attacker for me but I think that's kind of why because he has been this hybrid of both and I'm just looking at his transfer market page now and it, it tells you um, what position the player has played in in every game and you're looking through it and it, it's changing week by week. It's got left wing, it's got attacking midfield, it's got right wing, attacking midfield, um, right wing, left wing. You know, it's it's con- continuously changing for him and, and again, that's the that's the wonder of him really, isn't it? It's just the, the versatility but at the same time, the productivity in every position he plays world class absolutely world class um however Saka's much better than him right <laughs> definitely not no chance 
Yeah, nice and blunt, um, as it should be. Um, right, okay, Adam, thank you very much. I don't think we've got anything else to add. Seems to have covered pretty much every base there. So, yeah, big thank you. No, th- thanks for having me back on. Um, hoping to make another appearance soon. Absolutely. Welcome anytime. And here's hoping you've recovered from your uh, your big 20th birthday night out. Um, I know there. some listeners will be uh, reminiscing on those days. Um, I mean, most of us probably will at one point. Anyway, um, that'll do for today. Like I said, another shout out for the Sven episode. If you haven't listened to it already, it came out on Wednesday. Please go back. Absolutely wonderful stuff. Um, trip down memory lane for those of you who were City fans at the same time and those who, who weren't. It's wonderful. Essential reading almost or listening because it's a podcast um anyway we'll see you later make sure you're geared up for man city's end of season running with mcdelivery great food delivered right to your door by using mcdelivery you won't miss a moment of city's crucial running and just like kevin de bruyne they deliver your order exactly where you want it order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app are you in at participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.